Hey, Evan. What? What tea is not a good idea for Minecraft Steve to drink? What? TNT? No. Oh, man. Welcome to the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. My name is Steven Dutzman and I'm your host. This is episode 213 and this week I'm here talking about board games with two of my very best friends. First, she actually has a title uh, and has always had one. We got a new one. We'll talk about that in a moment. I have the Princess of Power with me, Amanda Farrow. How are you? I'm good. I've spent my whole day recording podcasts and streaming. Today was a good day. Yes, which reminds me, this podcast is sponsored by Ready Player Mom on Mixer. Yeah. Um, And by sponsored, I mean she's putting in sweat equity. Um, (laughs) So, uh, and and we'll talk more about that later. Um, But now, joining us for the very first time is the Mistress of Magnificence, Linda Roble, otherwise known as the Mom. If you're, if you're, if you're, I love this nickname. If you're curious as to how it works, just like write it down. It was pretty obvious. Um, and she is also the managing editor of board games uh, here on engagedfamilygaming.com. Um, so yeah, we're we're all stuck in the house, so we have plenty of time to record podcasts. So you can expect your podcast to come uh, on time. <laughs> because uh, all of us, so we don't have to worry what about. What the heck pe- else are we gonna do? Um, other than play Animal <laughs> Crossing. Um, so uh, yeah. So about that. Before we get into all the other stuff, I, I, it's it's challenging for all of us to kind of do business as usual, right? Like, how can we go about our day? And you know that it, this thought occurred to me. You know, last week, how can I go about my day and come home? Well, stay home and talk about video games, talk about board games when there's all this very serious stuff going on. And then um, I was reminded, and uh, that reminder is that we have a job to do, and that's why me and Amanda and Linda are here. And the job is um, we're here to to talk about fun stuff. And so for the next hour or so. Um, it might come up, but we're going to be uh, the 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 prevailing circumstances might be kind of all about us, right? That's what the WWE calls it, by the way. They call them prevailing circumstances when they decide to hold WrestleMania in a room with no fans, which is the creepiest thing I've ever seen in my life, by the way. Um, and so the prevailing circumstances might be kind of weighing on us, but we're here to have fun. We're here to talk about fun stuff, and we're going to help you forget about it if we're not just a little while before we all venture back into the real world. Well, no, we're not going to venture back into the real world. We're going to venture back into the other part of our house or whatever, if you can do so. So, um, this is episode 213. It's board game week. Next week is video game week. If you have ever been like, you know, maybe I should tune in for a video game week. I'm going to tell you next week is going to be insane. We might have to do two of them. I guess this is also a fair warning for our podcast producer because, man, is there a lot of stuff to talk about. But this week, we, we you would think, oh, well, this is going to be a quiet week for board games. No, not really, because I think board games and the, the like are very important right now because a lot of p- people are stuck in their homes for an indeterminate amount of time, right? And so um, my... Uh, and a lot of us have a lot of people listening to this podcast have board game collections. So what we're going to be doing is two things. One, we're going to talk about some of the games that we enjoy in the hopes that you will either dig them out or um, Amazon is still shipping. I know there was some news that they weren't. They are. (laughs) It was a misunderstanding. Um, And maybe you can buy some stuff and we'll figure it out. We're all going to be in this together. Um, But before we do that, we're going to go around the horn. Um, I'll just get out of the way. I played Pandemic, and I'm not ashamed. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. I love Pandemic. Um, yeah, you know what? I was – so I was like, you know, uh, I told um, my oldest son, Evan, 
to go downstairs and pick a board game. And because it was time, we, we needed to play something. And it always takes a long time for a group of people to agree. It's like pizza toppings. It's really hard unless you have an established norm, right? And so I just mm-hmm. said, whatever, just go downstairs and pick something and bring it up. And he brought up Pandemic. And I was like, ooh. And my wife was like, no, this is great. We're going to take a picture of it and we're going to post it on Instagram and we're going to enjoy ourselves. And I was like, man, doesn't that seem a little insensitive? Um, and then she was like, honey, you're overthinking this. It's a board game. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Fine. So we played it. Um, and it was the first time that Evan had ever played. And it was a very interesting because um, we have played it so many times, um, you know, and I have played it with a lot of different people. And I have won, I have lost, I've played Pandemic Legacy, but there's something about going back to the original, the OG, as it were, um, and playing it with someone who has never really played it before, because, man, did it really point out how brilliantly designed that game is. It is so perfectly balanced, and you're just right on the edge, and it, I mean, we lost, we played a couple of games and we of never course. and we lost just horrifically. Um, and really, what it came down to, and but what's crazy about it is, you always know why you lose with Pandemic. Pandemic is a game, and for those that don't know what Pandemic is, number one, it's fairly inexpensive. You can find it at Target if you happen to be in there. Um, it's very inexpensive. Um, it is a cooperative game where you play a group of people who work for the CDC or the WHO. I can't remember one of those very important organizations um, and you travel around the world trying to cure four p- major pandemics um, that are spreading across the world and the way it is done is it's card based so you're drawing cards but you're also playing out cards that match locations and diseases spread it's very kind of dark um, but the graphic design is cool because it looks like one of those cool like strategy maps from like Minority Report. And, you know, the cubes are really neat because the diseases are all represented by these little, you know, pl- uh, clear plastic cubes. And it just everything is just so perfectly balanced. I would recommend it to literally anyone. Like if you if you need to have one. um, If you need to have one cooperative game in your house. I think Pandemic is definitely in the discussion for like the top two or three. Um, Linda, have you ever played? I do. I have played it. I actually donated a copy to my son's middle school for his enrichment group because they were looking for board games that they could play. Um, So, yeah, no, we really like it. The boys have played it. Um, I was actually recommending it at work this past week before we realized how things had spiraled um, to and saying like it really explains and understands how, you know, this kind of what was transpiring in the real world. It makes it easier to grasp. Yeah. Amanda, this whole time you have been nodding vigorously into your webcam. Um, so you clearly have played this game. When I texted you a picture of the of the board with like basically nothing on it, you just immediately knew what was happening. And I'm sure that it feels to me like you felt the experience through that one picture. Tell me, tell me what was going on. I always do. Yeah. Like well, whenever you send me pictures of, of whatever it is that you're playing, you're just like, hey, check this out. I'm just like, oh man, that takes me back to when I first played it. So. I've been play- I've been playing Pandemic for a number of years. I I've kind of it's taken a backseat recently, but it was so cool to even though right now everything is very heavy, very serious, and it's everything's a lot all the time. Yes. Right. This what is I facts. What I loved about yeah, this facts. Uh, what I loved specifically about you sending me that that picture of you all playing pandemic was it really did take me back to the first time that I played it and I played that with my husband and I played it with a few friends of ours back in Vancouver and I haven't really played vanilla pandemic since then I haven't played it since I moved into the United States like I've played legacy but I haven't played vanilla pandemic man that game kicks your booty into outer space and then some yeah. And they make you like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so fun to lose Pandemic. It is actually an enjoyable experience. It's very difficult to design a game that's fun to lose. 
So it was it was really great to be able to like re-experience that and be like, oh man, that takes me back. So yeah, yeah, it was it was really it was cool. I liked it. Thanks for thanks for texting that to me. Of course. Um, my favorite part of the experience of the experience was, you know, sitting across from Evan and then that moment and you know what I'm talking about people who have played this game before know that moment when it all went downhill and where he was like oh we're gonna get this we're gonna get there and when you look and you count the cards and you're like all right guys we got like five turns left to knock this out and then all of a sudden when we get to three turns through and then all of a sudden it just the wrong card plays and it just outbreak and it explodes everywhere. And then that out chain, like the chain outbreak, the first time you see the first time you're playing that game and you see a chain outbreak from one city to the next was, uh, is fan is fascinating to watch and being able to watch him and horrific and horrific. Yeah. I mean, so with that said, I mean, I know, uh, you know, it, making light of the prevailing circumstances. I don't think we are. I mean, this is a game no. that is um, challenging. And it is... I feel like it's coping, it's helping, like, it, if it were me, it would be helping me to best cope with those overwhelming, low-level feelings of constant dread. At least it has somewhere to go. This yeah. pandemic where it's like okay well now the adrenaline's there and I'm solving problems and I'm working with my family or working with my people to figure out you know how to cure how to cure it and you know just like you know when when Danielle tells me that the best way for her to cope is and she because she's a doctor the best way for her to cope sometimes is just gallows humor you know it there's nothing wrong with it and I don't think that playing pandemic and discussing it is a bad thing I think that handling it with the gravitas that it deserves is important, though, which we are doing. Yes. Um, it's also heckin' fun, speaking of it's gravitas. It's also heckin' fun. Um, and I think the fun far outweighs the the potential quote-unquote disrespect, <laughs> right? Um, it's So if you have it, and I know a lot of people do, because this is one of those games that's been around for a very long time, very popular. So a lot of people have it. It's been collecting dust on your board game shelf. I would encourage you over the next couple weeks, pull it and grab it out. Or grab it and, you know, bring it up, play it, enjoy it. Because um, I think that you will, I I mean, it's really, really good. Um, So next is um, Linda. You have had a whole bunch of time to play games recently. I have. I've been home with the boys. Not as much time playing games. I've had to play, you know, homeschool mom, not, you know, regular mom. Yeah, you definitely did so. not sign up for that. No. Um, you are uniquely Mine starts equipped. tomorrow. Um, yeah. You are uniquely well equipped. It's kind of like when people at my workplace were not super concerned about my, my family's ability to entertain themselves indoors for long it's periods true. of time. They were like, oh, well, we're not really worried about you. They were worried about, like, the people that play sports all the time. And they're like, oh, well, yeah, we figured you guys would be okay. And I'm like, I am. We'll be okay. Um, and when in doubt. Thanks for the concern, Thanks I for guess. the concern. When in doubt, Street Fighter solves all of our problems. Um, but so I know you had, uh, over the last couple of weeks, played a whole bunch of stuff. But there's one game in particular that I really wanted to hear about. Um, and you know what I'm talking about, Linda. I do. I was so excited to be able to finally get Human Era from Laywaste Games to the table. And I have to say, when we took it out of the box, we were a little intimidated by the rule book because it was rather extensive. Mm-hmm. And I was confused because the game's only supposed to be for ages eight and up. But it actually was very detailed. And once we started playing through, it came together really easily. So it, anyone that pulls this out, don't be intimidated by the rule book. You know, just jump right in, kind of work your way through it. It Once you do one round, it's so easy. And Amanda, it just falls right into place. Lay waste games. They're the Dragoon so, people. They are. Okay. I didn't know. They are. Normally you have like this flash of recognition across your face. And in this case, I didn't see it. I think maybe it's just you're looking at a different angle. So I just wanted to make sure you knew. Yeah. Lay waste is the Dragoon people. Yes. 
And so, I do love me some Dragoon. I just haven't yeah. played this game yet, so I'm I'm sitting here wrapped. I'm listening. All right, so let me paint you a picture of this game. So it is a social deduction game. You're playing as one of three potential secret identities, trying to get to your specific win condition for your identity. So the three different identities you might get is human, there is a cyborg, the half human, half machine, or full machine. And depending okay. on which secret identity you have, depends on your objective. What's also really cool with this game, it's four to ten players. Whoa. Really? Which, like, I was blown away. We played it as at a four-player, and it was beautiful. I can't wait to try it at a high-player count and see the how it plays with a big group, um, but it flowed really, really well with four players. You know, we're gonna have so to get a, trying, We're gonna have to get a can, big group together to play this, and then we are doomed. Amanda, you're welcome. We'll yeah. schedule this after the world comes back. That'd be good. <laughs> it's true. Okay, sorry, Linda. So, oh no, that's fine. We got to make plans for doing fun things. Um, so, what's happening is the what do you call it? The timeline is out of balance. Everything's messed up. So there are six eras that you're trying to get back in order. And when you start the game, nothing is where it's supposed to be. So the different eras are Amoeba, T-Rex, Neanderthal, Human, Cyborg, and Machine. And so you set it up with everything mixed up. And machines want to keep everything mixed up and have nothing be correct. Cyborgs change their alliance halfway through the game. The first half of the game, they are trying to keep it messed up. But the second half of the game, they're trying to side with the humans and get it back correct. And humans are trying oh. to get it, the timeline, correct. And if at any point there's two cards out that are the same era, it creates a paradox and then things have to happen. There's chain reactions. It's really really fun and it's also not a super lengthy game you go through rounds but the rounds go very fast and so it, i mean we as a brand new player having to figure it out it probably took us 30 to 40 minutes to play so wow yeah no it's not it's not a huge time commitment which is nice i again that was with four players i'd wonder with 10 it, i would assume it would take a little bit more time but we we rolled through it really fast um, it's all card-based. Uh, if all the eras have a card on them, you roll a die to determine which era you're trying to fix. If mm -hmm. there's an empty spot, uh, an era that's not assigned, essentially, then you can, you're trying to fix that one first. But it's really, really fun. Um, really cool artwork, really engaging with it. And, you know, we had a, we had a blast with it. I can't wait to play it again. The, the uh, Lay Waste people did a great great job with it it sounds awesome yeah. no it's really really cool um the man like so this was on kickstarter a while back this was their game yeah. right after dragoon and i yeah. remember i loved watching their like their booths right around the time of this because they, they just had all sorts of old stuff that was like from their garages and whatnot um i, I can't everything that you just said and I'm sure Amanda agrees with me on this one. Everything you just said sold me on this game. Um, oh, 100%. I was mostly there. I was like 80% there just on their reputation because they make good games. Um, they do. But now I'm all in, and I especially want to play this as – because what's interesting is it plays as both like a regular, like traditional, you know, board game, but also like a party game. From what you, for, you know, based on, you know, the 10 player count, an, I bet you it's a I little mean, bit more chaotic. Stuff. Exactly. It feels a little bit more chaotic with 10 players, which makes it more like a party game. Whereas when you're playing it with a smaller number, it's more like a, you know, kind of a hidden traitor kind of, you know, shadows over Camelot kind of situation, which yeah. is very different from a party game. Right. And so to it have is. a game that kind of stretches like that. Um, I have never experienced it, and so I'm kind of I'm kind of excited, and I'm glad that we have it so that we can. Yeah, no, it's really cool. <laughs> what What was really hard for me because I actually was the card that I drew for my character to play was machine, so I'm trying to undermine what's going on. That I'm I can't lie. Here's the problem I ran into. I can't lie, so I had to figure out a way to undermine it without actually telling a lie, <laughs> and I could I did it though. I did figure out a way. So. Um, so, I mean, 
I man, you're. I'm also a terrible liar. Um, I so, am. Do you want me to tell you the strategy that I did without? Um, I would love it. I would love it because I might so, need it. So the strategy I did, because you can share, you can tell other players what cards you have in your hand, because you're trying to work together, quote unquote, work together yep. to fix the timeline. But again, you're trying to keep secret if that's what you actually want to do or undermine it. And so as you're trying to decide what to do for that round to fix the timeline, you are allowed to tell each other what's in your hand, but you can't show them. So I would honestly say what was in my hand, or I might just not say that I had something. Or if I said I had it, I just might not give them that card because that card I gave them didn't help. Got you know, it. like those little things. So it's one of those I never told a complete lie. I might have done a lie of omission or say I had it and then just given something different. I don't even know if so I can pull that was, off. It was it was hard. That's a lot. That's <laughs> it a was lot. really hard. But that was my strategy to, you know, try to play that character that role, you know, and try to win. Cause if I could keep the timeline messed up, then I would win. All right. So, or would win yeah. rather. My only so. strategy for bluffing is when I act completely flustered. And I don't know if it would work in that situation. Cause that only works once. Also the people I would play this game with absolutely know that that's my gimmick. So tell. it wouldn't work. Um, cause I'd be playing with Linda and her husband, John and John absolutely 100% knows that I will, uh, that if I, that sometimes when I'm acting flustered, I absolutely know what's happening and I'm just trying to be manipulative. I only do that when I LARP by the way, but he would totally see me doing that here. I'll tell you that story when I tell you all my LARP stories that I promised to tell you, Amanda. Um, <laughs> so in fact, maybe I'll tell you that after we're done with the podcast, but so human era, from Lay Waste Games, they got si- they got Life Siphon coming too. Kickstarters are fulfilling from that. I am pretty excited to get our hands on that. Whew. Um, so, um, Amanda, have you played any board games recently? I know it's been very busy for you. Nope. I was busy launching a stream, launching a podcast, and, right. you know, just trying to keep my, uh, my feet underneath me with school yes. closure. So... So, no board games for me this week, unfortunately. Now, um, I know from you and Mike's Twitters that that does not mean that the games have not been coming into your home. You just haven't been able to play them because we know Correct. that they've been. So the in the 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 stream has not been damned. It's just no. you know, it's just pooling. Just timing. Um, and just that's okay timing because we oh. have so many board games and in human conditions. Yeah. is back there. Yeah, the one that looks like you can the, see the you can see the box. Yeah, looks like the it looks like one of those frames for a signed baseball bat. Yeah, that's a board game. Yeah. Um yeah, that's really. bad radio for we the people so, listening. We have so many people. We have so many games here and so many games that like my husband is bringing in that um that Mike is bringing in and I just haven't There's there is not enough time on this time. earth. There no, is not enough time. I've got I'm recording a podcast five days a week now, and I'm on this podcast, and I have another podcast on Thursday, and then I've got my stream three days a week, and it's like, I'm sorry, did I think this through? Did I think this through? I feel like I didn't think this one through. Um, you can't, you're, you can't you're quit good. this you got one. Your days. You can't quit this one. I just want to let you know, you can't quit this one. Um, oh, I don't want to. Because I gave you a really cool nickname. So I just want to let you know. I'm just making it pretty clear. Um, okay, so um, let's take a break. And then we will come back. And we have two topics today. We'll see you in a moment, folks. everybody this is steve i'm the host if you like listening to this podcast you probably like some of our other content too you can find that all over social media so make sure to head over to facebook.com slash engaged family gaming perhaps you might like to see some stuff on twitter by going to twitter.com slash e-f-g-a-m-i-n-g or maybe you just want to head on over to instagram and look for engaged family gaming there see you later guys bye now Thank you. 
everybody. It's still episode 213. I'm still Steven Deutschman. I'm still here with the Princess of Power, Amanda Farrow, and the Mistress of Magnificence. I'm going to have to practice that. Otherwise, the Mistress of Magnificence, Linda Roble, that is mom. If Just just write it down. <laughs> I'm going to laugh every time. I love this. It's my favorite thing. I was so proud of myself when I came up with that. <laughs> and we're going to be... Um, and we are still going to spend 15 seconds talking about it every other week every when time. Linda is on. Every time. Um, and uh, welcome to the new bit. So um, so we have two topics today. So the first one is a topic of my own choosing. Well, technically both of them are my own choosing, but one of them was like logically appropriate for right now. The other one, I want to talk about it because I wrote an article about it for uh, one website. You may have heard of it called EngageFamilyGaming.com. And if you haven't heard of it, I'm curious how you're listening to this podcast, but that's cool. Just go to EngagedFamilyGaming.com and you'll see it. Um, I guess it's possible, right? Um, So um, Dungeons & Dragons has literally never been more popular. That has been declared by Wizards of the Coast, and it makes sense, right? You know, the... Uh, the fifth edition is arguably one of the best editions they have ever made, if not the best. Um, and they have figured out how to market it correctly. And strangely, who would have known that live streaming Dungeons and Dragons would have brought it to so many more people? Okay, you saw it, but here. I wrote about it though. My, that that article went live on VentureBeat today. Mike and I actually wrote about how the rise of actual plays and live plays have really help tabletop RPGs find find their footing in a in a digital world so yeah and it's true and another piece of it is that um i i just don't i just assume you know everything amanda so just just I don't know everything that. i just know some things but you know a lot about some things this being one of them so um there are also you know kind of going along with this whole it's never been more popular. There are a lot of us nerds who dreamed as children of running a Dungeons and Dragons game for our families. It was like a dream, especially for me. I was like, man, I cannot wait to run a Dungeons and Dragons game for my kids. Um, and for a lot of folks that, and there are a lot of, and for me, i never really left Dungeons and Dragons. It was always kind of there. I knew about it. Um, and so, there's there's another subset of people that kind of left, right? And now they're coming back because they see it on Stranger Things or they hear people talking about Critical Role or whatever. Um, or and so now, or exactly, more like Rivals of Waterdeep or any number of other big streams. Yeah. And so now they want to get back into it. And a lot of people are intimidated by the cost. And so. That's something that comes up to me a lot. It's like, man, I want to play Dungeons & Dragons with my kids, but I'm worried about how much money it'll cost to get started. Because they see all these pictures on Instagram. They see ads on Facebook for all these miniatures and all these doohickeys and doodads and all this stuff. And I'm here to tell you, folks, that you can start a, you can start a family Dungeons & Dragons game for $0. Now, everybody take a moment to gasp. <gasps> what could he possibly mean? <laughs> so, um, I'm just going to knock down the, the – I'm literally going to knock down the, um, the, the these things one at a time, and I'll do it relatively quickly. I can't do anything about time. That's the only thing I can't do. If you don't have time to prepare for a Dungeons & Dragons game or play it, then nothing else – then money is not the barrier. You've got to have a, re- a semi-regular block of time. I suspect that many of us have time right now. So, um you know, that's one thing, right? Um, and imagination is a piece that I can't fix. Um, I'm presuming if you've ever played Dungeons & Dragons before, you have enough to do your work. It's a shared storytelling game. So there are tactical combat rules, but just about everything in a Dungeons & Dragons book, you can askew or improvise away. Um, what is important is a sense of imagination. So you've been telling kids your kids' stories since they were born, I'm assuming. Um, this is an opportunity for you to encourage them to tell that same story with you. Um, and that's a big, a big deal, right? You know, they tell us stories about what happened at school. We tell stories about what we did when we were kids or about things we made up. Um, this is an opportunity to tell a singular story together. And that's really what tabletop role-playing games like Dungeons and Dragons are about. So, and I know that might sound super cheesy, 
Um, but it's 100% true. That's just what these games are for. Um, and so, the, and the, I know my friends and, you know, the games, we, we're going to tell stories about that stupid Baradactyl. And if you don't know what it is, just imagine it. Um, and uh, we're going right to tell that story. And the specific details aren't relevant. We're going to tell that story forever. Um, yep, because and because it was hilarious. Because it was hilarious. And so this is this is that opportunity. So anyway, now that we got the hippy dippy stuff out of the way, let's talk about the real deal. The internet and meme culture is going to tell you that in order to play Dungeons and Dragons, you need fifteen to twenty sets of multicolored dice made from different materials. They're going to be like, oh, I need new dice because I'm starting a new game. I need something to match this character. What if I told you, this is me in my Morpheus voice, what if I told you that you actually don't need any dice at all because at the end of the day, you could just ask Siri to do it? It's true. Um, so, admittedly, I guess it is cheating, me saying that you can do it for free, but I'm recommending that you use your, your space computer phone. But most of us have those anyway. Um, but between Siri who, if you just ask Siri to roll whatever kind of die it is or pick a number between one and whatever the number is, she will roll the dice for you. Um, but also, there are dozens of free dice-rolling apps on both iOS and Android. I don't even need to name them. Just if you, if you put RPG dice into your phone, it will give you... the. There are any number of free or paid ones. Sometimes they actually roll 3D like dice on the screen. Sometimes they just give you a number. You can choose. I'm not picky. Um, and when in doubt, you can Google it because if you just go to Google and type in roll a whatever, it will do the thing. Um, so you technically don't need dice. Yes, they're fun to have and they're relatively inexpensive, but if that's the barrier, um, use your phone. It'll totally do it, and it worked in a, it works in a pinch, you know, if you lose them or whatever. So that's the dice yeah. ruling. Next are rules, <laughs> and this is the thing that a lot of folks assume. I can't play until I have gone on Amazon or gone to Barnes & Noble or whatever and bought a player's handbook, a dungeon master's guide, and a monster manual because those are like the holy trinity of Dungeons & Dragons books. Um, they are very useful to have, absolutely, but they are not required. Um... And here's why. You need to know those rules, but you don't need to physically have the books in your hand. Um, mm -hmm. Specifically, the basic rules for Dungeons & Dragons are posted on Wizards' website. If you just literally will go, number one, you could go to my, go to engagefamilygaming.com. The link to this article is in um, the show notes. Um, there's a link right to the D&D basic rules. That's all the races, that's the basic classes, and most of the spells all right there. Um... And if you want monsters to fight, as a, you know, you can just type in your search engine D and D Fifth Edition and the name of a monster, and you will find a stat block. You can play the game with that information without any problem. And if you want to get a little bit more detailed, and this is a little in the weeds, but there is a system reference document that Wizards of the Coast puts out, which is a very long complex document but it has all of the rules and that is also available um it's not the most user-friendly thing um but basically it's a legal document that they put out and they make it public so that third parties like other companies can make their own stuff um and they can use fifth edition rules between those two documents you have everything that you need um also uh reddit <laughs> will tell you, if, if you just Google a question, Reddit will, some nerd on Reddit will have answered those questions. Like, <laughs> there is no, so not knowing how to play um, or having access to the rules, not a problem anymore because it's all available on the internet. You can access those things from your iPad or from your phone, print out the page that you think is important, whatever, it's right there. Um, next are character sheets. A lot of people get hung up on character sheets because you see those. Um, I linked to two of them that are on a website called DMs Guild, which are free. But also, um, you could just write the stuff down on line paper or Google a character sheet PDF online. And as long as it's free, you can download it and use it. Um, character sheets are very easy. I actually linked to, uh, there was a guy who wanted to make a character sheet for his young son. So he made his own. Um, and so just to give you an idea how crazy this cool. is. 
never let needing the official like they you know how they sell like 50 packs of them at Barnes and Noble and I'm like why would you do this to yourself um so don't uh, my wife is making pie so uh, don't the beeping is on my end I guess um so that's that so now we've got you your rules we got you your dice we have your character sheets now like what are we playing well you could do what I did and what I typically do which is go and buy one of the Dungeons and do you mind, guys? So, um, there are tons of free adventures that are just out there. So, I go and I buy, like, the official boxed... I call them boxed, but they're really not, like, big hardcover adventures because I like that stuff, but you don't need to do that. Um, and I actually found um, five of them and linked to them. They're all from a website called DMs Guild, which is recognized by Wizards as, like, a third party who sells PDFs of adventures. And I found one about being the Queen's um, pest control service. So you go around the sewers of a castle fighting, uh, you know, sewer rats and stuff. Um, I found a trilogy of shorter adventures that are about kind of a mystery. Um, listen, you can find anything. And number one, you can make up your own. But if you don't want to do that, it's cool. Just... Go to a place like DMs Guild and look up free, and you'll find plenty of adventures. There are lots of people that this is kind of how they get their start, right? They make a free adventure, and they promote it, and then that's like their test. And sometimes some of these people eventually get hired by wizards to do real official stuff. Like, th these are not bad adventures. Also, can't beat the price of zero. Um, lastly, miniatures. Man, listen. Um, when I started playing Dungeons & Dragons... There was no way I was going to be able to play with miniatures. They are expensive. They are hard to find. Um, you can use anything as miniatures. I played a game in college where, where my roommate used a bottle cap that he painted. <laughs> Not with a, with a face on it. He just like spray painted a Coke bottle. And that's who that was his cleric. So... Um, don't be this is the first, the big one where it's like don't be intimidated by the stuff you see on Facebook and Instagram um or you know if you're watching critical role and like you see them using these beautifully painted miniatures those miniatures were painted by professional artists and donated to them you don't have to be that don't don't hold yourself to those standards um because then you'll never play right <laughs> so um Another alternative, if you're really intimidated by the the um, miniatures, is to just eschew the tactical part of combat entirely and just do theater of the mind. Um, I put a link in the article to find all how to tips on how to do that. I don't. I like the combat part, but you can completely um, completely do it. There you go, folks. That was me rambling a little bit while Amanda agreed with me and Linda laughed at some of my bad jokes. But now you have no excuses. If you want to play Dungeons and Dragons, you can do it for free. And it is a very rewarding experience. Let me tell you, as a dungeon master, um, there is nothing more rewarding than doing something and having everybody at a table either say, oh, crap, or, oh, crap, right? And, you know, that is um, why I do it. And if you want to run a game for your family, you got it. What do you think, ladies? Did I do, did I do okay? You did fantastic. Fantastic. I'm actually really excited. There's some people that have asked me about some Dungeons and Dragons things for their teenagers, and I will be sharing this once we finish recording. Yes, share them that because they're especially for teenagers. My God, if you got your teenagers that yeah. want to play and they're like, "Oh man, we don't have any money," this is perfect for them. So yep. now, so that's topic number one. I just wanted to talk about that. Um, I'll probably be, we're talking a lot more about tabletop role-playing games on EngageFamilyGaming.com. So this may be, I don't know, like me just kind of pushing that ball or that little ball of snow at the top of the hill. We'll see what happens. Um, so now, um, it's this podcast can't just be me yammering over and over again. That's what the EFG Daily Commute is all about. Although I have to figure <laughs> out what that's going to be like considering <laughs> I don't have a commute anymore. Um, you have so, a commute to your desk. It's real short. So the podcast no, no. would be like... You, oh. you get your coffee, you go sit in your car, you go record it. That's your, your commute That will be my commute time. For the yeah. chaos of the day. Um, I mean, I think that's brilliant. That actually isn't... That actually really isn't that bad. I may have to... I mean, I do have to start my car every once in a while. By the way, if you're listening, start your car every couple of days. Pro tip. 
Um, and drive it around a little bit. Maybe don't go anywhere, but drive it around a little bit. You know, no, ain't nobody need tire rot right now. You ain't need that. No. Um, no. you ain't need that. Um, and unplug take a, all the take stuff. Take it toward the neighborhood. Yeah, exactly. And unplug all the stuff. My wife's. We've had a problem. My wife's car kept dying. Turns out we had a thing that was plugged in. We forgot about. It was just slowly draining the battery. Um, totally my fault, not my wife's fault. 100% my fault. So, I'm just just getting it out there because she listens. Um, <laughs> okay, so um, second topic, arguably the more important topic, I think. Um, a lot of folks are going to spend the next at least couple of weeks, if not longer, stuck inside. So the three of us thought that we would share some of our recommendations for board games to play while you're stuck. Um, and I'm going to not talk for a little while because I just monopolized the podcast for a bit. Amanda and Linda, what do you guys think? What are your recommendations for some board games to play while people are trapped indoors? So th- I went kind of thinking about this topic earlier today. I did what I do when I made a list. And Thank you. I did what I do. And I kind of went a little nuts, so I won't say everything on my list necessarily. I think I may actually turn this into an article because there's so many games. Um, but I kind of did the school-ish and then the light, you know, I called it um, not-too-thinky games. Okay. Because there's so much stress right now. We need the not-thinky games a little bit. Just so something I don't have to – I can just jump in on and not have to worry about that it's really straightforward. So I have some of those. And then I had some things that are some educational ish categories that it can at least get your kids brains and your brain kind of in that mode of like a school topic, a school content area, um, just to kind of help everybody while they're homeschooling essentially. Um, so I, I can start want me to just jump in with a couple of them. All right. Please do. So, all right. So, first category, I was thinking STEM or STEAM-ish uh, games, and honestly, my list was exclusively Think Fun games because they've got Roller Coaster Challenge, Marble Maze, Laser Maze, um, and then for something that's more artsy, they have Compose Yourself, where you're actually composing music. Um, so, all of those are they are officially single-player games, but they're ones you can absolutely team play, and you know make your own rules so that you can work together on it. Um, those games are, they're not real heavy. They're nice and light, but it gets your brain problem solving, doing kind of puzzle work, trying to solve these, um, doing some engineering, things like that. So those I thought were really good in that kind of STEM or steam category. And I know he's kind of really just listed them, but they're ones we've talked about before. A couple of these have reviews up on the website, so we can, you know, you can always check those out if you want more information too. Um, other games that we've talked about before, I mean, nothing, honestly, nothing I've got on, on my list I think is new. They're all things we've talked about. Um, there's an article that was out a while ago, things to help with literacy. Um, the top three, just looking at my game collection, um, Blurble for the little guys, Spot It, and Zingo. Um, Blurble is with different pictures you put down the card you're trying to think of another word that starts with the same letter as that picture that's the base game but there's all kinds of variants on ways to play it so there's a lot of um phonics pieces with it that you can incorporate there's a lot of um conversation that can start with those um spot it we've talked a lot about where you're flipping the cards and trying to find the matching picture and there's a bunch of different versions i bet a lot of people have that sitting in their cabinet somewhere and another one that's super popular that I've seen all over the place, Zingo, and there's a bunch of versions of that too. Some are with building sight words, some are um, letter matching, picture matching. Uh, I've seen, I think there's even a math one out there. They've Ooh. got a bunch of variances. I, I can't even remember. There's probably six or seven variables with variances with that at this point. Um, so those are some of the first category. Amanda, did you have any ones in that you were thinking of that were that could fit in that category. That could fit in, and you know, those two. Yeah. So one of the one of the games that my littles really enjoy is Invasion of the Cow Snatchers. That's a oh. Mensa game. So another think the, fun game. It's another think fun game. Yeah. 
So the the really cool thing about Invasion of the Cow Snatchers is it can be as simple or as complex as you want it to be, and they have a whole bunch of different puzzles that they give you in the, in a little book. Mm-hmm. It's one player, so you can all sit around the table and you can solve it together, or you can just kind of like pass it down. And it's it's a ridiculously fun game. Like that game has no business being as fun as it is. No, but it is genuinely enjoyable. It's so silly. It's so silly. I love it though. We like, need silly right now. That's perfect. Silly is very, very good. The other one that came to mind for me is that is, you know, inspiring to, it's inspirational to come together for a common goal and to also work on things like, you know, word building and um, literacy and that kind of thing is Letter Jam, which I've talked about quite a bit on this show, especially mm-hmm. since... Um, yeah, exactly. Especially since the summertime when I couldn't find it when I really wanted it. But then I found it at PAX Unplugged and I was really excited. So yeah, that those are those are the two games that I think would be able mm-hmm. to fit in into that category to kinda help keep our kids' brains chugging along. Yeah. So and it's something fun so they're kind of in that mode without it being high pressure. Yeah, exactly. Some of the mm-hmm. other games that I have that make me feel less stir crazy are I when I think of the games that are gonna make me stay inside and really dig in, they have to be beautiful. Mm. So even if we take having, you know, the kiddos out of the equation just for a second. <laughs> oh Mickey. <laughs> um, even if we just take the children out of the equation, like just for one moment. And it's not necessarily about our little children, but it's more about like our older kids and our teenagers because Grace just turned 16, which is bananas. She's gonna get her learner's permit soon. Wow. So when I think about, yeah, I, I cannot. I literally <laughs> cannot with this. It's it's desperately but you uncomfortable. Will. <laughs> I will have to deal with this eventually, yes. So some of the, some of the games that for me that I play with Grace is I play Mystic Veil. Vale with her so that's a card building game uh that's published by um shoot aeg so alderac Mm -hmm. great game so many incredible expansions and additions to the game game is beautiful it's absolutely gorgeous it's about building fields essentially and about making sure that you reap your harvest at the end of the game and how peaceful it's it's so peaceful and it's very solitaire so it's your game you just you just play this game and you're you're taking turns but everything's very asymmetrical it's like okay well i can set up my turn based on this information that i have and then i can do the final couple of steps so that the rest of the the players can see what i'm doing how i'm building my card out for optimal yield so there's some really cool stuff going on with Mystic Veil, vale, and it's beautiful. It's very, it's very, it's a soulful game. When I think about games that you know want to keep me and the kids inside, the older kids specifically, that's that's one of them. And some of the other the other games that are gorgeous and evocative of being outside without being outside are two other games that we've talked about. We've talked about Everdell, which is an engine building game that's far more complex. So is Wingspan. Those are both engine building games, but they are unbelievably beautiful and they are an experience to play. You feel like you're in those fields and you're hanging out with a bunch of hedgehogs and, you know, you're building your little, you're building your, your little settlement in Everdell. And then in Wingspan, it really does feel like you are outside observing these birds and building, building your own, um, conservation for these for these awesome birds. So those are like the outdoorsy, the reminiscent mm-hmm. of the outdoorsy kind of games um, that make me feel less, I don't know, cooped up. And those tie in so beautifully to some of the ones I had for like the science theme, because those, while they've got, you know, at least like Wingspan especially with has the science yeah, element yeah. behind it, Absolutely. I mean, you could think the same thing with like photosynthesis, where you think yes. about being in the forest and you're building the forest. Mm-hmm. Um, 
not to you know, not to cut in. I just want to talk about wingspan very briefly because my house <laughs> rule for wingspan is very important to add to this educational piece because wingspan is a hundred percent better if every time you play a bird card you read the science fact about the bird. Oh, absolutely. Um, you may think that it's not. Um, but trust but me when I say won't. it definitely makes the game better. The downs, the interesting factoid is, um, Wingspan was announced as coming to Switch today, um, and so I was looking at it, and the uh, the cards don't have the fun facts, um, which leads me to believe that the digital version is strictly inferior, um, because it doesn't have the fun facts. Anyway, carrying on, I just wanted to share. I will never <laughs> not share my house rule for Wingspan, because it's I think it is house. very important. That is a cool f- house rule. It's um, a cool factoid. It is. So, but I was saying before with another outdoorsy with photosynthesis, it gives you, I think, that same feel. Like if you are stuck mostly inside. I mean, we can still go out in the yard. Yeah. If you ha- if you're if you're lucky enough to have a a, a yard, because I know not everyone has that luxury. No. Um, I mean, I'm lucky that I have a decent yard. I can have the kids I'm go run and frolic. You know, I'm very very lucky. We're actually gonna plant like start our garden tomorrow i have the seed trays and we're going to start planting seeds for to the greenhouse tomorrow but you know like that can kind of get you in that mode of you know sort of an outdoor experience while you're inside um other another thing i thought about for kind of a sciencey one um the evolution series so you could do evolution in the beginning or the st- standard evolution i think there's oceans is is it that one's fulfilling now i believe uh, Oceans is around. It's, it's around. It's around. Okay. I don't know that, that was being fulfilled. But it, it, it I, yeah. I mean, I. It, it, you should around be able to get it at some point. Right. That one. If it's not out now, it's coming. It's it's on the fringe on that one. Um, but that's a cool one too, because again, there's like this outdoor element to it, and it does tie into some science, a science theme, so that at least again, if you're trying to draw some of that educational spin. It's got that foundation to it, um, and then I had a fun game in mind for science that kind of was a little out of out of left field, but I thought it was fun. I was thinking about Ice Cool as a science game, and hear me out, physics because it's all physics. Oh, oh, I like that. I was look so this afternoon. I was literally standing in my game room looking at what I've got. Like if I had to pull out a game for my kids right now, what would I grab? And I looked at Ice Cool and I went. That's actually physics because it's all about trajectory and, you know, power and, you know, so it, it just, you know, you could even say there's a little bit of math to it, too, with like angles and, you know, so it's one of those it's it's there. It's really subtle. But if you're trying to get somebody interested in it, that could be your gateway. So th- this is like the teacher it. being a little sneaky, trying to sneak the education in in a little loose way. That's pretty. That's pretty great, though. I like that. It's like sneaking broccoli in when your kid doesn't it's like true. vegetables. You just got puree. <laughs> you just put cheese on that. it, honey. You just got to put cheese on it. Oh no, I had a, no. My kids figured I had to puree it and like put more fruit in it. Yeah, we had. Oh. I had sneaky kids. Yeah, they were good. Um, oh man, that's that's rough stuff. There, we're gonna have to have a conversation about that and drink some wine. Um, I like that plan. That's a wonderful plan. We're both going to go stir crazy, so we may as well just stay in touch. Uh, so a couple of other games that came to mind for me when when Steve said, hey, let's think about some games that will make us feel less stir crazy while we're social distancing. Um, Sagrada is one of them. Yes. Oh, Sagrada. Sagrada, again, we're talking about beautiful games, games that are a pleasure to play as well as look at. Azul. Azul has a new has a new mode, a new game attached to it. It's like summer something, I don't remember. But you're making a patio. That's what I know. Yeah. Yeah, it's gorgeous though. It's like again, a diff- very different, very beautiful kind of experience. Um but yeah, I love those kind of games. And of course, Noctiluca. Also gorgeous. You, know you love Noctiluca. I love me some Noctiluca, and I will talk about Noctiluca until the end of time. Because who doesn't love harvesting jellyfishies? Have you reviewed Noctiluca? Uh, with text? Yeah. Maybe? I don't know. If you haven't. That's like, 
then I should probably do this on our website. This is true. I don't know if I have or not. I have to I'll, think about I'll that. I'll Google it. Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> right? There's got to be a... To the internet. Yes, I... you have the internet. We'll talk. Yeah, you guys talk. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm working. What else, what else have I we have, got? I have a pretty one to mention. Sekatsu. That one oh, is so pretty. Great. And it's so zen. If you're looking for a zen, sit on the patio. If you want to be outside but away from, you know, crowds, you can sit on the <laughs> Yeah. And it's one of those you could play it one player or you could play it, you know, with your kids or your significant other or others. Um, <laughs> Thank you for including my polyam fam in that. I appreciate you're it. You're welcome. I, as I'm saying, I'm like, oh, I need to put plurals in there, too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, so that one came, I thought of that one as, like, something really chill and pretty. Um, and, you know, I don't have a lot of really pretty, th I didn't think, list a lot of pretty, like, chill ones. The other oh, one we can say is lan oh, yeah. <laughs> lanterns. That's Lantern. another one. I and haven't played that one in dice. ages. I haven't played that, but I have the Lanterns tile game, and I haven't played that in a while, but that's another one that's got to come out. So pretty. So beautiful. Again, it's another another one of those experiences where it truly is a joy to strategize and to figure out, like, oh, what's the optimal way I can make this pretty? It's true. It's just it's so zen. Yeah. It's nice absolutely. to be those zen games. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, we could... We could have gone down a very different path with our with our games. I mean, we could be talking about like, no, just bust out Betrayal Legacy, or like Pandemic Legacy. I hear season two is great. Uh, or maybe we could play the new Arkham Horror, you know, third edition. All of these are great games. These games will stress you out, like That's a true. lot, right? Like, not a little, a, a lot. lot. Yeah, no, and, and honestly, there's a reason I actually don't own any of the ones you just said because I don't want stressful games. Like, I play a game to chill out. That's so I don't do those games. And that's, it's all the purpose. There's a reason there's a bazillion different kinds of games. It depends on what you want. Exactly. So, was, so, when, when, so, Steve, when you were saying for the, you know, like, mm -hmm. games while you're cooped up, a bunch of things came to mind that are just dumb games. Because we all need to laugh. I mean, I'll be honest. I have a bunch of things that I thought of that are just well. Before silly. we go, I want so when we I'm talk about dumb things. No, no, no. When we talk no. about, I'm just gonna interject. You want to talk about dumb games? I am the king of dumb games. Um, so um, if I could throw out a few, um, I just wanted to. So, um, I think that the the first thing we have to talk about when we talk about like stupid games is um the happy planet games from north uh from north star yeah. specifically um happy salmon and funky chicken so good happy salmon is um, rad um happy salmon funky chicken are very very stupid okay they i'm are. just going to say we need to repost those videos cuz they're just we do. fun we need to, we need yeah to we need to yeah, we need to recreate them. Um, because they actually had us, Amanda. Uh, this is before uh, you and I were BFFs, I think. Um, they had us test combining um, Funky Chicken and Happy Salmon. Um, and that's it, really it, funny. <laughs> and it didn't really work, but we did it anyway. <laughs> it worked. It, it just went too long. I think if you it was, yeah, it was, it was, cards, yeah. that it would have been perfect. Um, yeah, the key, so both of these games are absolutely perfect for small groups and that, that really just want to laugh at each other and laugh at themselves and just be dumb. Um, it, it's, this is, these are not exercise games, but they are physical games, meaning you're standing up, you're walking around, you're high-fiving, you're dancing like a chicken. Um, so I would never refer to them as exercise games, but I think more than exercise, which obviously I think people should be doing while we're um, kind of stuck. Um, but I think the um, but, but movement is important, right? Like it's going to be so easy to just sit down with your Switch or your phone and just bury yourself in Twitter um, for, you know, hours on end. This will force you to get up and do some stuff. Um, another game, um, and this was actually just handed to me by the general, because she heard me talking about stupid games. Um, I want to talk about a little card game called Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza. <laughs> oh? And yes, okay. I repeat. That name 
tells me my children would like to have this game at the house. You're, you absolutely need this. <laughs> and um, sp- fun fact, last night I published an article called 12 Games um, That You Can Have for Under $20. And this is uh, less than 10. It's a deck of cards. And so here's how it works. Everyone has a hand of cards, and they are playing cards down that have cats and goats and cheese and pizza, etc. And so you are saying those words in order and putting your cards down. And what you have to do is slap the cards that that the other people are playing that match what you are saying, even though what you are putting down is not that. And so you're kind of like, you know, patting your head and your stomach at the same time, walking, chewing bubblegum, whatever dumb analogy for doing two things at once. Um, so this is a game that I would be, um, I, I think I can say this is probably the game on earth that I am the worst at. Like, I think I might be worse at this game than that game we found at Toy Fair, Linda. Like, oh this boy. is, but... Ooh. It is incredibly dumb. Amanda, we found a game at Toy Fair that I was so bad, I noped out in the middle of a demo. Um, because I'm just so terrible at it. Um, it, it For me, it is the Dark Souls of board games. Um, so um, so this is Taco Cat. Oh, yeah, you're not... By, by the way, Linda, um, when you have an editor on uh, involved in your content, you're not allowed to call anything the Dark Souls of anything. It's... It's a cliche now, um, but but it makes me want fun, to bite things. But fun fact, but fun fact, I'm in charge, so I can do whatever I want. Um, and she's hours <laughs> away; she can't stop me. Um, it, so so that's Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza. Um, it's very cheap. She, Amanda's making faces at me um, because I, for the first time in our entire relationship, asserted my authority. And the time That's I decide, true. and the Boo. time I decide, Just mark the date on the calendar. It won't happen again for another couple yeah, exactly. of years. It won't happen for a while. <laughs> and and also the one time I decided to do it, it was over calling something the Dark Souls of something, which already makes me mad. So you done, know, it's great. You done stepped in it, dudesman. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's funny. I'll get so, you. <laughs> um, lastly, not stupid, but I want to throw it out there. Like I want to play Ticket to Ride. That's I want to play, you know, King of Tokyo. Like, I want to go back to – and going back to your roots is obviously going to be different for everybody. But, like, I want to play some of those, like, the new classics is really what I am, like, hungriest for. Um, just because, you know, we're – we always have this we have this new hotness coming in like I've wanted like I've really had an urge very recently to like replay Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild like delete my save and restart um and like I'm I think I'm gonna do it um because like I just really want to play and experience it again um and like anyway so that is um, so those are some of my recommendations. I think, you know, comfort food is important. And everybody's comfort food is going to be different. For, for me, Ticket to Ride. Also, my mom likes that game, and so I can't play with her right now, but I'll, you know, kind of play it in spirit. You can get the app on your phone, and you can play it together on there, I believe. We could. We could. We could. It's got, I know you can do local, but I think there's also a thing where you can do it at a distance. I haven't tried the distance one yet. But, well, we'll have to figure it out. But tick Ticket to Red was on my list, too. I had the same thought of, like, just that fun. You don't have to think about it. You know how to play. Just grab it and go. Um, but, I mean, I also had some really dumb things on here, like silly, light, um, exploding kittens. My kids love exploding kittens. Exploding it's kittens. It's a ridiculous game. It's really good. But it's just silly fun. Agreed. Um, the boys also told me that I should recommend not parent-approved. Have you guys okay. heard of that one? I have not. I have not heard of that one. So, some other friends of ours got my voice hooked on this one. Um, I have the box in my hand. I'm trying to see who it's by. I'm not seeing a publisher offhand. Um, but it basically, it's apples to apples, but just a different spin. It's a kid-friendly, like, apples to apples. Like, it's a little sassy, but it's it's ages eight and up, so it's still... Yeah. fine for the family so it's bart um, it simpson it's bart simpson does cards against humanity basically i mean it's it's yeah it's it's pg it's not bad like the example one on the boxes you know dear substitute teacher could you please stop blank 
And then it's like <laughs> giving yourself a haircut, sneaking tech time, breaking into hives. I mean, like silly things, you know? So like they love that. They keep bringing that. They brought, um, I've been bringing it to friends' houses to play lately um, before everything changed. Um, but before the Fire Nation been... attacked? Can we just start referring, can we just start oh, referring to um, the prevailing valid. circumstances as the Fire Nation? The Fire Nation attack. So before the I Fire Nation that. attacked, let's just do that. I'm going to make that a meme and put it on the EFG website. Can we just refer that to it a... as that? Um, I love that. Anyway. Carrying on. Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm trying to think other other silly things just to kind of keep it light and simple. Code names is another one. Like, it's just, it, that's a classic too. It's become a classic, just something silly to play. Um, for the littler kids, Push a Monster. That, do you guys know that one? With the... Uh, I've heard of it. You haven't it? played it. It's it's super cute. It's good for the littles. It's It's... Not as good for the older kids because it's so simple. Basically, you get these little wooden monsters that are on a platform and you're adding monsters and you're trying not to push monsters off because if I push them off the, the platform, everybody else gets points. Oh, got it. So it's super cute. You know, it's a kinesthetic game, which is nice. It's just silly. You're literally pushing monsters on a platform. So, I mean, there's just so much out there. I'm um, so excited for you to write this article. I'm going to print it out and I am going to like mail it to all my neighbors. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. No, I think this needs to be my project for the rest of the week in between, you know, teaching time. Outside of the other stuff. So yeah, everybody, um, Amanda and Linda, would you believe me if I told you that that was episode 212 of the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast? How do they keep letting us make this podcast? Um, they can't stop us. Um. Yeah, I, I haven't been canceled yet. So, uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening to myself and Amanda and Linda. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as we enjoyed recording it. Hopefully, we gave you a little bit of a break from the uh, the Fire Nation attacking. So, um, we will be back next week uh, where uh, myself and Amanda will be talking... Man, listen, we're going to be talking about uh, the Xbox Series X... Um, and it's proprietary memory cards because those always go well. And the PlayStation 5, which we know nothing about because we're going to find out about that tomorrow morning. And we're going to be talking about Animal Crossing because we know a lot about it. Shouting. Because, yeah, it's going to be shouting. Shouting a lot. Um, and it's going to be yeah. Pokemon all over again. Y'all Maybe even more. crazier. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's going to be nuts. Um, so we might need two podcasts next week. I think we're probably all the content I think, in. I think we're probably. I think we should probably just book it. Um, <laughs> so everybody, as always, I have one favor to ask. Everybody knows somebody that needs to listen to this show. I don't care how you get it. Smoke signals. Mail it to them. I'm not sure. Um, just get them a link to this podcast. EngageFamilyGaming.com slash podcast. And um, you know. Get them to listen. Bigger audience means bigger guests. Um, Lord knows, it sounds like it might be easier to get more guests because it's not like they can be off doing busy things. Um, so uh, you guys have a great day. And until next time, don't forget to get your family game on. Bye. Bye. Music for the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast is Android Sock Hop by Kevin McLeod and audio production by Six Pack Nerds Productions.